0: for the mainland podcast episode 271 I'm Michael Citro and that means that I must be your host also it must mean that I am the founder and managing editor of the mainland.com because who else would be inter you know introducing this podcast uh, of course if you're not aware of the mainland.com and I'm not really sure how you found us but maybe you found us through a podcast app so uh, our site at the mainland.com is, a website that covers Orlando City, the Orlando Pride and all things soccer related in the city beautiful. Joining me as he often does, in fact, I don't know, well over 200 times in a row, up in Tallahassee, David Rowe, my co-host Dave, how are you this week?
1: I am well, Michael. Thank you. Um I'm glad I I really just feel privileged to be able to be um you know, shoehorned into your massive podcasting schedule. Um, so it's it's nice to be a, a small part of that in your life. Yeah, well,
0: I think that's all my life has right now is small parts <laughs> and just a lot of them. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, the, the thing we need to talk about, obviously, is Orlando City making the playoffs with a 2-0 win. Woo. Over CF Montreal, and now that they're eliminated, and we're not going to see them again this year, they're the club foots, Dave. The club foots, the club foots, and I hate them.
1: Yeah, the Foot Clan and Shredder and and the Bebop and whatever. They can get a heck out of here. I'm done with them. Done with them. I say. Yeah, Foot Clan be gone.
0: I buttered them up last week, and look what happened. Orlando gets the victory, and they are in the postseason which is good because the Red Bulls did not lose their game in Nashville because, as we correctly surmised, Nashville always draws. So Nashville, of course, drew the New York Red Bulls uh, on decision day. Uh, The Lions, however, they needed a draw or better to ensure that they got into the playoffs. And we were very, very worried about this because of the way that things have kind of transpired. I mean, Orlando has only lost, like, what, one of its last seven games, but still was tumbling down the standings due to draws and other teams playing. I think every other challenger played Cincinnati twice in the last two weeks of the season. (laughs)
1: Exactly, exactly. Did not seem fair.
0: Um, So remind me what our predictions were, because I don't remember what they were.
1: Uh Neither of us were very... um... Hopeful, we, we, we were hopeful in that we, we figured we would, you know, get into the playoffs. But you had two two draw, and I had one one draw. Huh, so, okay. so um, we both
0: picked a draw. We both were wrong because it was a win. Correct. And and I picked the correct number of goals for Orlando
1: City. And I picked the correct total number of goals.
0: Yes, we tied just like Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> We are the Nashville of predictions.
1: Yes, we are.
0: Oh, man. Um, So Orlando City goes to Montreal, and right away, I'm thinking, Doom! Nani is not in the starting lineup. Joao Moutinho, who was upgraded during the week to questionable, was not on the trip. Chris Mueller was not on the trip. And he wasn't even on the, the injury report. And I'm thinking whoa, this is not when you want your captain out of the lineup. It's not when you want an energy guy like Mueller out of the lineup. It's not when you want Joao out of the lineup. So I said, let's see what happens. (laughs) And uh, Orlando City, I think, mostly played a very good game in Montreal. I thought that for the most part, they had control of the game. They had more mm-hmm. possession in the first half. They had, uh, I believe they had more shots at halftime, but fewer on goal. And Montreal was trying like crazy to attack Emmanuel Moss down uh, the Montreal right side and uh, Orlando's left. And I don't know if that's just because they felt that they could, you know, make uh something happened there because they had pace and he's an older gentleman uh, and he's not Juan. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and you know, that that was maybe that that was their, their sort of game plan. It looked like they wanted to attack from their right side and get balls in. And they did not start Romel Kyoto, who's just coming back from injury. He was on the bench, but he did come in to play a role in this game. They started uh, Sanusi Ibrahim, which He's he's had success against Orlando City, and he's played very well of late, and he was very dangerous early in this game. They got uh, on one of their first forays into Orlando's you know, third. They got a ball across to him, and I don't know how, Dave, that he didn't tap it in, but for whatever reason, it hit him right in the feet and rolled across the front of the line, and Pedro Galese said, Thank you for that. I will take that, and he picked it up. <laughs>
1: Yes, indeed. Yeah, Pedro, he did well early on. And then Leighton didn't have a ton to do, thankfully. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, big keepers do what they need to, even in those small moments.
0: Yeah. Orlando City got some chances. They were not doing well at putting their attempts on target. uh, But they were being active. One thing I noticed in this game that I think was maybe head and shoulders above any game since he's been with Orlando, Daryl DK played like, I'm going to offend some people by saying this. He played like Tesho Akindele with his hustle and with his defensive positioning and his press. I thought this was the most he looked like Tesho in terms of the press since he's been with Orlando.
1: Yeah, very true. And and that's, I hope everybody understands that that is, is meant to be a compliment. Yeah. The, the one part of Tesho's game that we've, we've always said is what Oscar wants is how he does those aspects. No, he's not the uh, clinical striker that Daryl is. He's not, you know, Tesho's not a small dude, but he's not Daryl big. Yeah. And so he, we've said it all year. He's not a, you know, starting striker but he did have aspects of his game because he understands what Oscar wants very well. That often contributed getting that from your first choice striker as well. Bonus time. Yeah.
0: So Orlando, like I said, I I thought that they carried most of the play in the first half. There were some opportunities for Montreal. There was a, a chance for Montreal to score. Montreal did actually put the ball in the net, but it was an, an obvious offside uh, by Sanusi Ibrahim or Ibrahim Sanusi. I can't remember which order his names are in. I I I have I barely slept or eaten in two days.
1: <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't matter because they're not in the playoffs.
0: That's right. Anyway, uh, so it was nil-nil at the half. Still a very nervy game. This was such a playoff game atmosphere. Mm -hmm. It was tense. Um, Teams were, they were not taking chances. Uh, They were trying to play safe as much as they could, especially Orlando City, and just not able to to generate enough really good clear-cut chances to get through. But uh, the second half came and it was just, it was a little more of the same, although uh, Montreal got a little more of the ball in the second half, especially after Orlando City took the lead. And, Dave, the way they took the lead was incredible. Uh, Amazing. If you had told me there's, there's 11 guys on the pitch, which guy is maybe the 11th likeliest to score the goal I probably would have said Sebas Mendez. I would have said maybe, I don't know, Pedro Galese boots one down the field, it bounces in before Sebas gets a goal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we've seen how much Jansen's gotten into the attack recently also, so I would have certainly had him scoring before. Yeah, uh,
0: and Jansen hit the post off a set piece in this game. That was one of the shots not on target in the first half uh, on a set piece that he – he drilled uh, just off the post and, and just mm-hmm. stayed out. But uh, posts have not been friends of Orlando for the last couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, just a throw-in from Moss gets knocked out of the box by Rudy Camacho. It lands for Sebas Mendez. He lets it kind of bounce in front of him. And just a freaking galasso. And one of the best goals, not just not just this season, but in Orlando City history.
1: Yeah. The only thing I could figure is he was in a position on the field where Nani usually would be. And maybe it was, you know, some sort of uh, osmosis or, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, out of body experience for Nani and inhabiting him. Cause it was, it was in upper, you know, right 90. I mean, just an amazing goal. And if, I don't know if the uh, the voting's done yet, but if you haven't voted for that as goal of the week, get out there and do it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it has. I know he was way behind Joseph Martinez, which is stupid, because even though Joseph's goal was good, it wasn't amazing good. No. And it was largely on an error on the defense. On a, Like, you could say that Camacho should have cleared that throw in better, but at least it left the box. Cincinnati didn't even leave the box with their clearance attempt, and that's how Joseph got on his ball. But uh, also, when you consider the fact that it's a goal that put Orlando City in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. that even makes it even that much sweeter. Yeah, pretty big goal. Pretty, pretty, pretty big. (laughs) Um (laughs) So anyway, it's 1-0, and it's so important for the team to score first in this game because we know Montreal's a good defensive team. We know they can lock down when they need to. And if they had gotten the first goal, it would have made it extremely difficult for Orlando to get uh, back in the game, and they would have been exposed at the back trying to push numbers into the attack. One of the good things that that Oscar Pereja did in this game is he he emphasized to his team that they had to be patient, and they had to move the ball, and if it wasn't there, don't force it, because that's how Montreal gets you on the counter. They they wait for you to make that mistake. They invite you to make a mistake. They are not interested necessarily in playing soccer, much like Nashville, um, until you make that mistake. And then they want to punish you for it. And, yeah, they did, when they had the ball, they did try to, to get in with some pace. But I thought Janssen, especially on the back line, had a monster game at, at clearing away danger, keeping stuff uh, in front of him. I know a lot of people kind of criticized Emmanuel Moss's game, but I thought he didn't do anything wrong. He's you, you can only be as fast as you are, and if they take advantage of the fact that you're not fast, that doesn't mean you played a poor game. It just means you're not fast. I thought he used his smarts in a lot of instances to diffuse some problems. He blocked several crosses out for corners. Uh, That could have been very dangerous had they got into the area. But again, Janssen in the middle was huge. Even if a a cross from the left got in and got past Antonio Carlos, Janssen was there to clear it with his head. Usually it was Mm -hmm. uh, a huge game from the beefy Swede. But that that goal was big from Mendez getting Orlando on top. And of course, Romel Kyoto was in the game to try to get that goal back. He thought he did on a cross from the right. It was, the flag came up immediately. It was reviewed and they said it was confirmed. No goal. Offside on the play. It, and and I know people were say, oh, makeup call. That was definitely not offside. But the camera angle presented to us was not anything that you could see. You could not tell from looking at that camera angle if he was, you know, a foot offside behind Janssen or not. Janssen may have been keeping him on. Um, you know, the guys on Twitter who do the, uh, the breakdown, math. the math, yeah. yeah, the math guys, I can't remember the name
1: of the stupid site. They do geometry. Yeah, yeah,
0: the, yeah, they f- they find common markers and then they do measurements and they, they had him off by a foot and a half, which is not a lot, and from that camera angle, a foot and a half probably look, makes it look like he's onside. Um, but also, even if he was clearly onside, I don't care after that garbage that we went through last Sunday. It was mm-hmm. the universe correcting itself because Orlando City should have already clinched a spot in the playoffs before this game. Uh, so it stayed one nil, but that really rattled Montreal, Dave.
1: Oh yeah. And, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, how important it was getting that first goal. Cause one of my key matchups in the predictions was scoring first. And that turned out to be uh, very good. Just like I thought it would be. So <laughs> um, yeah, Huge, huge, especially when you're on the road like that. You know, fighting for your playoff life, and uh, made all the difference in the world.
0: So it's still one nil after the, the the goal is not allowed. And and I should point out, it was never a goal. It was never called a goal on the field. So there was you know had to be clear and obvious evidence that it was definitely onside. And a, a, from whatever angle they had, they could not tell that he was that it was a definite error. I we only got the one angle and. We were lucky to get a replay, actually. Yeah. And it was, uh, but they put this on the scoreboard in the stadium. And the crowd went bonkers because, again, it's not a good angle where you can see if he's onside or not. So, of course, he looks onside from that angle because you're, you're looking from, you're not looking down the line. So the crowd went nuts. Their coach went nuts and got a yellow card. Their players confronted the referee, Armando Villarreal. And uh, somebody there's there's going to be some fines for violating the mass confrontation policy for that, but uh, but they it they didn't calm down and and play the game, and that mm-hmm. really cost them a chance to get back in the game a little later because Rudy Camacho came up with studs a flying and took out Daryl DK who was hustling his tail off in his own end as I mentioned very Tesho esque defensive effort from Daryl and. His hustle won a red card, the first straight red card, by an opponent for Orlando City all season long.
1: Well, it was a good time to get it. So, you know, even though we didn't have one the rest of the season, yeah. i take it then. Yeah.
0: So now Montreal has to... They have to win the game, and now they have to do it with... They're a goal down, and they're a man down. So now you yep. know... There's going to be some space. There's oh, going yeah. to be some space. Can Orlando capitalize on that space? And the answer, as it turns out, Dave, is yes. Yes, they can. Um, and why? Because two things. Juan made maybe his best play as a Lion so far. And he did a great job of seeing where the space was, cutting inside in his own half, which is not something that fullbacks really kind of do because, you know, the obvious is usually there's a lot of midfielders and if you lose the ball, you're in a bad spot. Um, So instinctively, it's not a good thing to do, but he saw the space cut inside and basically just shot like a rocket between two Montreal players, saw Daryl, you know, kind of pressuring that back line and he put the most perfectly weighted through ball into an area where Daryl ran onto it, took a touch to separate himself from the defender and slot it home for the clinching goal, the insurance goal. It's 2 0 late in the 86th minute, and now everybody can breathe.
1: Yes, indeed. And what I love about that Daryl DK goal is it was such a Daryl DK goal. And what I mean by that is that side of the goal. Moving even further out, taking a worse angle to give himself a little bit of separation from a defender, and then just nailing the shot. And he he does that so many times that it's it's become you know like I say it becomes a Daryl DK type goal. You can w- without even having to think hard between U.S. and Orlando City, I can think of like three other times he's done that almost that exact same goal.
0: Yeah. So Daryl makes it two nil late. Orlando City able to see out the rest of it. In fact, you know, there was uh, like a half chance on a header on a set piece. But other than that, really no danger the rest of the game. Uh, Orlando City ended up putting Rodrigo Schlegel in like they often do. They they took off Juan, put on Kyle Smith. They put Tesho out there uh, to run around and, and win the ball. And he did that. Kyle Smith won a, a corner. Uh, Tesho won some throw-ins. It was... It was a, a, a group effort to see out the game, and they did. Schlegel with a a, a couple of big headers uh, down the stretch and and clearances, and Orlando City wins it, gets the shutout. Daryl DK gets his 10th goal of the season, so he ties Nani for the team lead in goals in a fraction of the games. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. Ooh. And uh, so sorry, CF Montreal. The club foots are out. They have never made the playoffs since becoming the club foots.
1: Well, that's what happens when you're an evil foot clan.
0: Yeah. Orlando City still has never missed the playoffs under Oscar Pareja, And I will argue that this year, even though they finished lower in the table, this year was a better coaching job by Oscar Pareja because he went 34 games, had to do it over a longer period of time than he did last year. He had to do it on more level playing field schedule-wise than last year when they they didn't play several of the top contenders, at least some of them they only played once, some of them they didn't play at all. He also, for 34 games, did not ever have his preferred starting 11, not one time.
1: Nope, never.
0: And, And in the Eastern Conference, there was one other team that had similar injury problems this year. That team is the Columbus Crew, the defending champions. Guess where Columbus finished in the playoff race?
1: Not not as good as Orlando City.
0: That would be out of the playoffs, Dave, is the answer we're looking for. This is a Columbus team that we all went, oh, wow, they're just going to repeat because they won the title, went out and got Bradley Wright-Phillips and Perry Kitchen and uh, Kevin Molino. Yeah, It's like, okay, uh, I guess give them the trophy, but no. They had some injury issues, and they weren't able to overcome those injury injury issues. And Orlando City, like I said, Oscar did a great job to keep his team in it, to keep them battling, even when things weren't going well. They had that four-game losing streak, which was very uncharacteristic. But other than that, even when times were tough, they usually figured out a way to get a point out of a game. And it turns out every one of those points was needed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, what seven out of the last eight with a uh, uh, with a result to like you say squeak in there, but um, and while it may have been squeaky bum time there at the end, two two nil to get into the playoffs makes you feel really good after all the all the rest of it.
0: I feel good. Did you feel feel good? good. I definitely (laughs) feel good. Yeah. So what? Three, one, and four down the stretch for this team after the four-game losing streak. Not too bad. I know a lot of people were were moaning about that that home Montreal draw, the the dropped points against New England with their late comeback to draw that game, um, and the Nashville game being a draw, which of course we all know it really wasn't. Um, and people were like, "Well, you you know, there's always a sad sack. You know, there's always there's always a." an Eeyore, you know, from Winnie uh-huh. the Pooh, who's got to be like, oh, it should never come down to a call. It's Orlando's fault and blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? I think we saw this year, there was one phenomenal team in the East, the New England Revolution. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody from two through 10 was extremely even in terms of talent level and ability. And so you have to find ways to to get advantages, and it, for Orlando, it was never going to be an advantage of staying healthy because that was off the table all year. So I think that Oscar did a great job at getting this team to the playoffs, and I think that it would have been a travesty had the team not made the playoffs, and if, if the new ownership would have looked elsewhere, that would have just absolutely been terrible. I have actually seen people with a hashtag Pareja out um, after the Columbus game especially, and I can't imagine what those people are on because this is head and shoulders the best coach this team has ever had.
1: It's not even close, and I'm pretty sure I mentioned it last week where even if they had missed the playoffs because of that bad call against Nashville or some other reason, no, with everything that that Oscar had to deal with this season and to have them still there, I mean, Pato goes out, Day one.
0: Yeah. And he was, one. The, he was the key offseason signing. He was the guy.
1: Yeah, day one, gone. And then, you know, with uh, Daryl out on, you know, uh, international and, you know, occasional injury, uh, plus having played a, a lot of games and then everything else, you know, Kyle Smith was a starter for most of the first part <laughs> of the season, people. I think everybody's forgotten that because we haven't seen much of him lately, but that's how bad it was. And, and everybody knows I like Kyle, but Kyle Smith started nearly every game for the first, I don't even remember how many games. So it was, it was challenging, but Praya likes to say that they are the protagonists. And I think they proved that in this match against Montreal, because they went out and like you said, they played, I think they played well. I think some of them played very well. Mm -hmm. and they were the protagonists.
0: Yeah, I would say they were in this game, and just think about the job you have as a coach to watch your team in the 94th minute get a playoff-clinching goal taken off the board on an absolute horse crap call, Mm -hmm. and to get that team focused for a road game in Canada where it is not easy to win against a good team that's desperate to get in and to get your team to put that, that unfortunate event behind them and to forget it and focus on the task at hand and then go out and do it against a team that I was surprised, but Montreal came out pressing high. They wanted to take control of this game early. They knew if they got the first goal, it was going to probably go their way. So they came out with everything they had in terms of press. And Orlando City had a couple of fairly nervy moments early, but they pull, they were able to play through that. They were able to maintain their discipline, not make any huge errors, um, not turn the ball over in a really bad spot mostly. And as a result, uh, you know, they waited them out and they waited them out and waited them out. And finally, that... Montreal, having played in the midweek, finally caught up to them a little bit as, uh, as Orlando was able to get on the front foot. And it was, it was huge, just huge that Orlando was able to withstand that. And again, especially after what they'd gone through just seven days earlier and, and being able to focus and not having your captain on the field. Uh, yep. Just a great job. I think that for me, he was coach of the week. I think he gave it to, I think that MLS gave it to the Colorado Rapids coach, but Oscar Preha was the MLS coach of the week in my book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a no brainer. I mean, obviously we're biased, but the, as you mentioned, the, the situation that he had to coach through speaks to his quality. And I think it also speaks to, and not just this week, but also what he's implemented culture wise in the time that he's been there. And we've seen that and we've seen how close this team is and how they fight for each other. And it just, they got knocked down and they got back up again and they went out and they went 2-0.
0: Wow, you went all chumbawamba on me. I did
1: go chumbawamba.
0: Oh my goodness. I don't even know how to respond to that. Uh, But I guess I'll respond by asking you, Dave, who was your man of the match for this uh, win at Montreal?
1: Uh, um as, so, like I said, a lot of a lot of guys had some really good uh, performances. Obviously, Jansen uh, played very well, um, and you know, Sebas, uh, he he had that really he had that sweet goal that should should be a uh, goal of the week. But I gotta give it to Daryl; uh, he had the goal, but he did the work all day long. And if we can get that kind of performance from him, you know, against Nashville going into the playoffs, that's going to be huge. So for the second week in a row, Daryl gets my man of the match.
0: All right. I can't really find fault with your selection, uh, but I will go with the beefy Swede. I think in the first half of this game, when it was on a knife edge, Janssen was the calming influence that kept this thing from getting out of hand. I mean, even, even, I thought Antonio Carlos played pretty well, but if you look at his his passing rate, Antonio Carlos's, this was not a normal Antonio Carlos passing game by any stretch of the imagination. And I thought Janssen, for the most part, played his normal, like like it was just any other game. Like, we don't, yeah, it's just another game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Carlos has a 56% uh, passing rate, which is, for him and for almost anybody by Orlando's, is- Definitely not good, and definitely an off game for him in that respect. Uh, Although, like you say, he didn't play bad. Mm. Uh, But the beefy Swede had 83%, and that's much more what we come to expect from these guys.
0: Yeah, I think Carlos tried to go up the field more often, which is not necessarily his game. Um, He had Mihailovic on his side of the field much of the day, so he had to get that sucker out of there uh, sometimes a little quicker than maybe he wanted to. Whereas it seemed like Janssen, whenever he's on the ball, had the composure to be able to pick out the pass he wanted rather than just lump it up the field and hope. And then when he did lump it up the field, he usually hit somebody in stride. So Mm -hmm. um, it was was a great game for him. Passing wise, a great game defensive wise. Uh, He came so close to scoring, um on that set piece hitting the post then he also had another shot from distance that hit Camacho and went out for a corner kick and Orlando had an opportunity on that corner kick but nobody could get on the ball as it rolled through the six yard box so he created some opportunities there um so that's why I, I'm giving it to Janssen even though I cannot fault uh your choice of DK and and you know I could have gone that way myself
1: yeah, and I like I said, the first thing I mentioned was how good of a game that Jansen had. So I, I, I completely get where you're coming on on that one.
0: Yeah. So we we did find out that uh, Nani had picked up a knock in the middle of the week, wasn't able to train fully. That's why he didn't uh, start the game. I have a feeling that he was going to come on at about minute 60 if needed. Um, but Mendez scored in the 55th minute, so... Uh, and again, that's another sign that the team, you know, came out of the locker room and they weren't flat coming out of the locker room. They, you know, they they had a couple games that were flat out of the se- you know in the second half to start the. Uh, you you go back to the win at Cincinnati, even though they won it one nil, they were not good to start the second half. And then the game against Montreal, obviously uh, at home, they gave up the the goal on the set piece coming out of the half, and they were they were really kind of overrun for about the first 10 minutes of that second half. Um I thought they came out fine in the second half against New England. Uh but of course then the, down the stretch they they just couldn't handle Adam Booksa, but yeah. Um you know I, and I think again against Nashville I thought they were they were mostly fine coming out of the locker room even though Hani Mukhtar did score in the 53rd minute of that game to tie it. That was off a mistake. That wasn't off of being flat. That was that was Nani trying to flick a ball in behind for for Daryl and, and just getting too much of it and stopping it and having it bounce to them and they could counter off of it. So I don't think it was necessarily uh, being on the back foot on that particular play. So, um, But didn't have to worry about it in this game. Came out and got the goal early in the second half. Uh, got Montreal frustrated. Montreal got off their game. Started to think about things that were less important than getting back, you know, getting that goal. And eventually took the red card, and then Daryl punished him and put the, put the game away. So kudos, well done to everybody involved. Uh, we hope Nani will be fine. He's got plenty of time to rest between now and the 23rd. We will talk. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't give our preview uh, for the Nashville game in this episode because is, there's a week off in between, so we'll do that next week. Uh, but the game will be on the 23rd of November at Nashville, A place where Orlando City has never won. A place where Orlando City has never lost. (laughs) (laughs) And we know that Nashville can play for a draw, but then it's going to go to a shootout. Someone is advancing.
1: Somebody has to advance.
0: Yeah. So um, it would be a good time for Orlando to get that first win in Nashville. I mean, after all, last year's playoffs, uh, entering that, New England had never won at Orlando. Yeah. And all they did was win at Orlando.
1: (laughs) So turnabout's fair play.
0: I guess. Yeah. So Nashville. And and honestly, we owe Nashville.
1: Oh, yeah. That goal that
0: came off the board was garbage. And Gary Smith's comments to the media was even more garbage.
1: That's true. While my most of my ire, when I first think about it, most of my ire is towards uh, pro referees. Yeah. Um, the reminding me of of those comments that uh, yeah, that's enough. That's yeah. enough to uh, put up on the uh, on the board in the locker room.
0: Plus, I'm just I don't like a team that plays that way. I mean, like, we've talked about it on the show. There's it's nothing not illegal. There's nothing about it that's illegal. There's nothing about it that's wrong morally or anything. But it's just you're just playing. You're just not even interested in playing unless you can create a turnover and you're just going to stay organized and just strangle the other team to death. And it's just not, it's not, it's not the beautiful game. It's, it's the game.
1: It's, it's, (laughs) It's, well, no, I think we should still use a B word. It's the boring game. Yeah, yeah, You're the boring team.
0: It is. And they'll, and they'll counter with, well, look, we bored our way to two straight playoffs. You know, like I said, it's, it's probably a really smart tactic for an expansion team coming into the league first couple of years to play that way. We'll see if they continue to play that way. I have a feeling they will. Um, yeah. They built their team to play that style. If you look at who they brought in, um, and really once once those DP started scoring goals, that's when they became a really dangerous team because they were able to get those counter attack goals to go with their, you know. Strangling defense, smothering defense. And uh, Walker Zimmerman, obviously, was huge get for them. Dax McCarty. And uh, they were playing that style very well. But I don't like that style. I don't want that style in the playoffs beyond this first-round game. So it would be let's good if have, Orlando won. <laughs> yeah,
1: let's just, let's just have Orlando City win, and then we don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah. So, well... We'll talk a little bit more about the playoff field in a minute. Why don't we take a quick break? We'll come back and talk about that, talk about how the Orlando's uh, side of the bracket, if you will, shapes up. And uh, we'll do that right after this. And we're back, Dave. Let us talk a little bit about the Orlando City uh situation with the playoffs I guess is the playoff situation is a good one for Orlando City they will of course have to go on the road for every game unless they somehow meet the New York Red Bulls because Orlando City finished sixth place Uh, it turns out that the two points that Alan Chapman took off the board for Orlando would have had them finishing third in the conference they would have hosted Atlanta United
1: hmm yeah not sure how i feel about all that
0: <laughs> home games are good and the the thing is it would be an opportunity to make atlanta miserable by sent kicking them out of the playoffs but also it would also be a chance for you know the jerk joseph martinez to score a goal and, and knock orlando out and that would be even worse that would be like the worst thing ever
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure how I feel. <laughs> I have very mixed, mixed feelings about that. So, you know what? I'm just going to take it as uh, what we have is, is the reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, we'll go with that and, and, you know, make the most of it.
0: Yeah. I think it's a good, healthy thing to to, to say. So new England, of course, one, they get the buy. They uh, mm-hmm. are the supporter shield winners jerks. Uh, Philadelphia ended up in second place, even though um, it's a second-place tie with Nashville. (laughs) 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 Guess what that tiebreaker is? That tiebreaker is wins. And uh, Philadelphia had 14 of them. Nashville only 12. So uh, Philadelphia gets the tiebreaker. They get second place. They get a home game. Nashville gets a home game, obviously, against Orlando, which finished sixth. Um, Nashville, Dave, in 34 games, had 18 draws. Wow. Now, again, they're hard to beat. They're not hard to draw. (laughs) They only lost four times all season, none of them at home at Nissan Stadium. So if any team was due to lose a home game in this league, that's the
1: one. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's the playoffs, so things are different.
0: Three teams finished even on 51 points. New York City FC, Atlanta United, and Orlando City. And New York City gets the tiebreaker by having 14 wins. So they get the wins tiebreaker, and they finish fourth and get the home game on that god-awful pitch in New York. Um, Thankfully, they will host Atlanta. Atlanta gets the tiebreaker over Orlando due to goal differential. And so... Either Atlanta or New York City will be out, which is a good thing either way.
1: It's a good thing, and I like that Atlanta has to go and play on the postage stamp that is Yankee Stadium. So that, that see, now, I, now I'm going to go towards I'm really <laughs> having, having everything happening the way it did because that makes me feel good.
0: Yeah. So Orlando City-Nashville winner will get the winner of Philly and the New York Red Bulls which means you avoid New England for another round. And -hmm. that's important because Gillette Stadium, again, fake plastic grass and a place that, oh, by the way, Orlando City's never won. (laughs) So there you have it. So Orlando City, if they get past Nashville, they will either go to Philadelphia, which at least is a nice stadium with real actual grass against Mm -hmm. a team that Orlando has actually beaten this year once and lost to them. Um, because they're allowed to elbow guys in the face.
1: Correct. Yeah. A <laughs>
0: or Orlando City will get to play, if they win, at home against the New York Red Bulls, a team that, again, they, they have not beaten this year, but they would at least be at home. And it's really hard to beat a team three times in a year, and New York has done it twice. So maybe they wouldn't be able to do it a third time? Maybe. So there's that.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, see how this all plays out, which is, I believe, how they put it.
0: Yeah, so the the road to the playoffs for Orlando City or the the road through the playoffs, should they continue to advance, should they advance and then continue to advance, is they would not see New England until the conference final. And that's not bad, because that gives New England a chance to maybe get knocked out. Yep. Um but hopefully it would not mean that they would go to New York city. Cause I just don't want to see a playoff game on that unwatchable field.
1: Oh, I know. I mean, your choices coming out of there, assuming that Orlando city makes it is either, <laughs> it's either new, at New England at New York or at or Atlanta. At Atlanta. Yeah. None of those are good choices.
0: They're not good. They're not good. I think overall I'd probably rather go to New England because if you lose that game, it's like, I mean, they've been beating everybody. Right. So it's, there's no real shame in it. Not the way there is shame in losing to Atlanta or New York city. (laughs) And at least, and at least if it's not New York city, you don't have to see that game in that stadium again. And it's again, I, we've talked about this too on on the show. It's just hard to watch because They're used to it. If they get their touch right, they can keep control of the ball. Visiting teams go in there, and if their touch is even a little heavy, the ball is taken away. It's either out of bounds or there's somebody right on them. Give them credit. They understand the dimensions of their pitch, and they know how to play to maximize the fact that they know the dimensions of that pitch so much better than their opponent's.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can give them credit for that. It's still ugly. I don't like it.
0: I don't have to like it.
1: uh, No, and I don't have to like the fact that they get to do it either. They should have had to build a soccer-specific stadium.
0: Yeah, well, only certain teams from certain southern states that are south of Georgia and on the East Coast have to build a soccer-specific stadium. Yeah, I guess so. As a requirement of entrance into the league, but that's what it is. At least Orlando, like I said, they won't have to face New England until the conference final if they if they advance through. So that's pretty yep. cool. And mm-hmm. it's the end. This is the only real scenario where they would have had a, a home playoff game. So uh, there's an opportunity that if they be, if they do beat Nashville or draw Nashville and win the penalty shootout, uh, they can come home and, and maybe play New York Red Bulls in the semifinals and, and have another home uh, playoff game. It's weird because this is the first road playoff game in MLS for Orlando City.
1: Oh, true. Yeah. That is going to be odd. Yeah. Well, at least we know what we're getting into in Nashville. Yeah.
0: Uh DC United finished eighth, just one point below the Red Bulls. Uh, Columbus Crew also finished on forty-seven points. They finished ninth. Uh, Montreal ended up tenth. Ha ha. Oh, <laughs> Club. Sorry. No, yep. sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry about that. Montreal. Uh, Miami finished eleventh, even though Miami beat New England. On the road on decision day, and I really think New England should be disqualified from Champions League for losing at home on decision day to Miami.
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely. That, I would normally say that it's probably written in the rules, but since it's Miami, then it's they don't go by the rules, so it yeah. probably doesn't matter for well, that.
0: Well, it's reason. MLS. The the rules are made up, and the points don't matter, as they say. Yes. On whose line is it anyway? <laughs> Chicago. Fire finished 12th on 34 points. Toronto finished 13th on 28 points. And Cincinnati, dead last with the wooden spoon, 20 points. A miserable season for FC Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I actually have a uh, a local friend who's a... God help him, he's an FC Cincinnati fan. and And even... It was, it's so bad. And I really did. I just felt sorry for him. I really did. Mm -hmm. He's a nice guy. He didn't deserve that.
0: (laughs) Over in the West, Dave, you don't want to be from California or Texas. No, not this year. Uh, It was a crazy decision day in the West. It was nuts. Colorado. Good for you, Pids. The Pids win the Western Conference. Improbably. I mean, a week ago, it was unthinkable that Kansas City wouldn't win it. They had a trip to Austin and a home game against RSL, and they were and they were in that spot. But they managed to lose their final two games. Colorado destroyed LAFC, and LAFC just played an all-out offensive game to try to get into the playoffs. They just tried to come to... You just don't go to mile high altitude and just say, yeah, we're going to just go run all over you because that does, <laughs> does not work. But LAFC gets, gets beaten badly. Colorado wins the West. They have the buy Seattle drew against Vancouver on decision day. So they slipped to second because they stood to just, uh, just beat Vancouver. And you, you get the, you get the buy and they couldn't do it. Seattle finishes second. Kansas city slips to third Portland, fourth, uh, Minnesota in the game of the day ends up in fifth with a draw, a three three draw against the LA Galaxy. They really they could've they could have scored six goals in that game. It was an insane game. Um it was a lot of fun to watch. So congrats to Adrian Heath, former Orlando City coach, has now made Dave, he's made the playoffs three years in a row. Mm. It's almost like if you have a five year plan or three year plan, I'm sorry, that you should maybe wait the 3 years and see what happens?
1: Maybe uh but that, you know, would you want to trade Oscar for Adrian?
0: Probably not right now, no. No. Yeah, no.
1: So I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, I know there was pain in between, but I'm okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Minnesota finished 13-11 and 10 and Orlando City finished 13-9 and 12. So I would I would take the 13-9 and 12 over the 13-11 and 10. Mm -hmm. It's two fewer losses, if my math is correct. Uh, The uh, Vancouver Whitecaps surprise team. I did not think that was a team capable of making the playoffs. They do. They finish sixth. And Rail Salt Lake with their late win against uh, SKC, they get in and very controversial because there was a very blatant uncalled handball in that game before RSL scored in stoppage time that could have put uh, sporting ahead. Um, and that would have put LA in the playoffs if sporting had, uh, had drawn even against rail salt Lake.
1: Yeah. Like you said, it was crazy over there in the West. And, uh, you know, all that RSL gets for, uh, doing that is Seattle. So. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go to Seattle and try to get a result there. Uh, so L.A. Galaxy finished eighth, and it's, they were the tough luck team. They are eliminated with the same number of points as RSL because RSL had one more victory. LAFC finished ninth. That's insane to me. Yeah. Uh, LAFC finishing ninth is crazy. Uh, 45 points for LAFC. San Jose finishes tenth, and that's it for Chris Wondolowski. He has called it a career, a fantastic career in MLS for Wando. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are still mad at him for missing a goal with the U.S. men's national team, but you cannot deny what a force he's been in MLS. Uh,
1: yeah, and, you know, for everybody hates that one thing, but it's not like he didn't contribute to the U.S. also. I mean, he's yeah. had he has honestly had a heck of a career, and it should be celebrated. People
0: miss sitters, people. I mean, it happens. It happens. It happens to every goal scorer at some point. It was unfortunate that he happened to do it in a big game like that. But uh, don't hate on the Wando. I got nothing but respect for him. Put some respect on his name, Dave.
1: I completely agree.
0: 11th place, uh, Dallas. FC Dallas, 33 points. These aren't your Oscar Pereja, FC Dallas. It turns out at some point, if everybody keeps buying the best players in your uh, academy, at some point that affects your team.
1: <laughs> once, once all those guys are gone, then you don't have as many hmm, imagine yeah. that.
0: Yeah. All those good players that you thought were going to feed your team, now they're feeding European teams. Yeah. Uh 12th place Austin couldn't happen to a nicer team. Uh all right. All right. And then uh bringing up the rear, 13th place Houston Dynamo being punished for not helping Orlando City out in the midweek and That's uh right they end up dead last on 30 points in the West. So there you have it.
1: Yeah. Like you said, a lot of California and Texas down there.
0: Yep. All right. So again, like we said, we have another week before the playoff game. Cause the international window, the U S men's national team has some big games, Dave. The, uh, the biggest of course is Friday night in, uh, I think they're playing in Cincinnati. Sounds right. It's about two hours South of where they should be playing Mexico. Yeah. Because I mean Columbus is home of the Dos Acero. I don't know what Cincinnati's the home of, other than a really bad MLS team.
1: Oof. Well, you know.
0: I don't know. Nine o'clock Friday night. Uh go go USA Go.
1: Go go USA. I, I feel like there's a uh <laughs> Go Team America. That's what uh. I was looking for.
0: Uh, what was the it was the goal call from Ian Dark on the Landon Donovan goal? Was he saying, like "Go, go, USA!" Something? Um you remember what I'm talking about in the World Cup against Nigeria? Yeah, the late goal. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, I failed. I failed miserably. But uh, there it is. And then on Tuesday, the U.S. will play at Jamaica at five stupid clock. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that getting people to a game at five o'clock doesn't seem ideal.
0: Well, it's Jamaica and it's again, it's going to be behind closed doors.
1: Oh, okay, um, There's well, no
0: then. fans allowed, but I don't understand the five o'clock part of it. It's like, what the heck? That's not good.
1: Maybe there's a concert afterwards. Does the, Jamaica, does the Jamaica,
0: does the Jamaica workday end at? two
1: well the last time i was in jamaica i was on vacation so i, I really wasn't paying attention to the work yeah. schedule
0: well i don't know but i i know from our perspective we would like this game to be like not during the work day and i i work till five thirty, and i have a half hour drive home so that's not conducive to seeing a five o'clock game i'm gonna have to do the old dvr on the uh, on the youtube tv
1: Yep, yeah, I'll have to do something similar because I actually don't get off until 6 o'clock, so.
0: (sighs) Man, anyway, uh, the U.S. uh, has called in, I think, a pretty strong squad. I mean, considering that Gio Reyna's still not healthy. um, You know, I I know people are a little bent out of shape that Daryl DK has been in good form and they didn't call him in, but I'm I'm okay with it considering this is the window before the first playoff game. Yep, I'm good. Wrap Daryl in bubble wrap and just, you know, in a hyperbaric chamber and feed him nothing but, like, you know, vegetables and, like, maybe some little bit of protein, but, like, you know, just get him right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, not only that, but post guards outside of the bubble wrap. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one.
0: So I'm okay with it. People are like, well, they only have uh, Pepe and they don't have any other number nines, but Tim Weah can play the number nine. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's fine.
1: Yeah, it'll be all right. Yeah.
0: All right. So we'll hopefully, hopefully they'll, they can get at least four points out of these. A win at Jamaica and a draw against Mexico would be a good couple results for the uh, the World Cup qualifying.
1: Yes, it would. And if and... they beat
0: Mexico, who then they could even go ahead and draw Jamaica, and I'd be happy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime they can beat Mexico, I'm happy. So
0: yeah, exactly. They're they're the worst. They're literally the worst.
1: They are the (laughs) worst.
0: All right. Um, So that's what we got going on. So you and I next week, when we do our show next week, we will preview Orlando, see at Nashville. We'll do our our key matchups and our score predictions next week. So you have all of that to look forward to. Um, We should be getting soon – the end of season roster decisions for the Orlando Pride, Dave. Um, those, would be a lot of times, those have come in the day before Thanksgiving, and if that holds to be the case this year, that'll be the twenty fourth. But sometimes it comes a little earlier than that, and we've already seen some players move to the W League uh, in Australia, so you know maybe we'll get it a little earlier this this uh, this year, and uh, that wouldn't be bad. But I'll tell you this: we're having a good time reliving the pride season through our season and review pieces not a great time because, you know, they didn't have a great season, but, (laughs) but we invite you to go read our season and review pieces. Again, we're going to do one for every player that played on the team this year and ended the season as a member of the Orlando pride in some respect, either maybe on loan or, or as a member of the pride. Um, And, you know, we'll, we'll give them a grade unless they didn't, Meet the minimum threshold of minutes, which is three hundred and sixty for the Pride, because that's I think it's the equivalent of four games worth of minutes. Uh, we made an exception in this because Crystal Thomas played in like a third of the team's games. She just didn't reach three hundred and sixty minutes. But yeah. if you if you read, you know, if you're in a third of the team's games, you probably should get a grade, even though you're not playing a lot of minutes in those games.
1: And you should read these. I mean. Right now, we are not sure exactly who all is still going to be here, so mm-hmm. uh, which is reflected in our what their twenty twenty two outlook is. Which is another good reason why we really like to know what's going on with them because it'll help the articles. But we have fun <laughs> in the internal chat talking about uh, things we remember from the pride season in regard to these players, and we want to share yeah. that with you. So yeah, the projections are
0: fun. Them. It's it's fun to say, okay, this player has another year or an option year and you know based on what they've done they, they might not come back or based on what they've done they they're probably coming back we don't know but um you know it's 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 also good to remember there's an expansion draft coming up so it's uh it's probably good to exercise some options and then maybe not protect those players if you want to keep other players
1: not to mention you know the whole getting a new coach thing
0: yeah still no coach in place hopefully that will happen soon but uh they got to get this hire right cuz you know, yeah. you could say, I mean, you could argue, you could make a, a coherent argument that they have still never had a good coach. Um, Sermani got him to the playoffs one time, but it was a, a tremendously underperforming roster. Maybe not the first year, but certainly the year after the playoff year. They should not have fallen off the table like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it just seems to be, I don't know, the the way the roster is put together is just not working. It's not gelling. It's not been good, and a lot of those key core players are still here. So uh, this is the time to make some changes. This is the time to get the coaching uh, hire correct. And uh, And we like Tom. Yeah, we do like Tom a lot. Tom Tom would be our guest every single week if we could get him.
1: Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. (laughs) Love
0: that guy. All right, Dave, let's turn our attention before we get out of here. To our mailbag.
1: Yes. Should love we do that? Mailbag.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mailbag. We love the mailbag almost as much as we love Tom. Almost. Two ways you can ask us anything. And yes, you can ask us anything on the Mainland podcast. You can either hit us up on Twitter, at the mainland is our Twitter account, with the hashtag AskTMLPC, or you can email us at the mainland at gmail.com. And you can put that Ask TMLPC in your uh, subject line. And then we'll know, hey, this is a person who would like to ask us anything. And we will read your question on the air. You'll get an answer. And let us start, Dave, in the email box with our good friend, David Victor, friend of the pod.
1: David Victor.
0: Yeah. David says, hello, Michael and Dave. Two unrelated questions for you this week. His first question is... Has Chris Mueller played his last game for Orlando City after not making the eleven on Sunday?
1: I'll say no, um, and I'll say no because I, you know, he was out there on Twitter, you know, talking about his love for the the team and whatnot, and I, I don't think that you would get rid of a guy like who, who is potentially useful when you're going hopefully on a playoff run. So I'm yeah. going to say no.
0: Yeah, the the unfortunate thing about the post-game pressers in the Zoom is that we don't get a lot of opportunities to talk to Oscar. We don't get a lot of chances to ask him questions, especially after games. So, And especially since this game was a huge, monumental win. uh, It was just not in our thoughts to say, hey, how come Chris didn't play? Uh, How come Chris wasn't in the 11th? So we didn't really get to to find out what happened. It, It could be something as simple as the day they traveled, he woke up and had, you know, had a 100-degree favor, you know, had a, like a bad cold. We don't know. We don't know what happened.
1: So, going around.
0: yeah, so I don't know that I can say that he's played his last game for Orlando City, but I can't say that he has. I can't say that he has or hasn't because there may only be one more game this year. And he, there, And as you know, he's leaving the team uh, to go play for Hibernian after this Season, so I'm going to give you the rare cap, uh, cop-out answer and say uh, I don't know. I think if he's healthy, he plays against Nashville, or at least is in the lineup. If mm-hmm. not, if he doesn't, you know, get in the starting lineup, I think if he's healthy, he probably travels and is in the the 11, but or is in the uh, it's not the 18 anymore, it's the 20. <laughs> but uh, he would be in uniform if healthy is my is is my prediction.
1: Yeah. I think we're basically saying the same thing there. Yeah. All right, what's the other one?
0: Second question from David Victor is what other decision day headlines caught your attention? Colorado finishes first out west, Inchy helps lead Minnesota to the playoffs, golden boot race, or something else entirely?
1: Oh, it was the it was the Minnesota game, without a doubt. I mean I think it was weird, wild, wonderful fun. So yeah, it was that
0: yeah, we already talked about how crazy insane that game was. It was bonkers, and it just even in stoppage time, it felt like it had more goals in it. Um, mm-hmm. But it you know it didn't come out uh, come off that way. It ended up in a draw, but it was it was a crazy game. That was the one that caught my attention. Um, the the Colorado thing was just basically when I saw the score, they already had a three goal lead late. <laughs> you know, so it was like okay, well they're probably winning that game. It's it's interesting that. LAFC is not going to make it. Um, didn't really care about the golden boot race because Orlando didn't have a dog in the in the hunt there. So um, I think if I had my druthers, although I really don't know what druthers are, uh, I would say that I really don't care for a New York City player winning it.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's, well, there's a lot of people I don't want to. At know. least yeah. it
0: wasn't Joseph.
1: Yeah, that... <laughs> Read my mind. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, uh, appreciate the questions, David Victor. Thank you for asking them. That's all we have in the email, Dave. What do we have in those Twitters?
1: In the Twitters, we've got a couple. So, first off, from uh, David's good friend, Lee Gavlik. Yeah.
0: They go to games together.
1: Yeah. Lee says, if Fort Lauderdale, uh, and of course he means Miami, had drafted Daryl DK he makes it clear that, yes, I can spell his name correctly, unlike Major League <laughs> Soccer VAR. Instead of Robbie Robinson, would they be in the playoffs this year with Orlando City on the outside looking in?
0: My answer is they would be on the outside looking in, even with Daryl DK on the team, and I will tell you why. Because... Their striker this year scored twelve goals and added nine assists and they finished out of the playoffs. If Daryl were there, Gonzalo Higuain would not be there, or Daryl would be backing him up. So it it just you would just figure that, you know, since he scored more goals and had more assists than Daryl and they didn't make the playoffs, that probably they wouldn't make the playoffs with Daryl.
1: Yep. I'll agree with that, and what I'll add is obviously if um, I'm not I'm not sure if he means that we would have taken Robbie instead, but I'm going to say no. We could have taken whoever we want uh, and or gotten a striker um, in a different way. Yeah. So perhaps uh, you know we we still get those goals elsewhere. Plus, I think it comes down to coaching, and I think Pereira is the better coach, and so I don't see it changing.
0: Yeah, I think we're on the same page here.
1: All Moving on, we've got friend of the pod, Ryan Smith. Ryan says, my wife and I, congratulations again, sir. Yes. We're able to spend the day after our wedding, watch Orlando City beat Montreal while in Nashville. It huh? looks like now we will be heading back down in a couple weeks to watch the playoff match. Good for you for going down there. Yeah. What is your favorite playoff sport moment of all time? hmm he says sport not yeah, soccer, so
0: right, yeah, I noticed that uh first of all, hey, represent, congrats and represent right. um mine is pretty recent um i would i, I there's two that come to mind, and I'm going to give you both of them'cause you know we're not doing a we're not doing predictions we're not we don't have a game yeah. to preview. Uh, One is fairly recent. The first ever college football playoff. The entire world did not give my Ohio State Buckeyes a chance with their third-string quarterback to beat Alabama, and they beat Alabama. In fact, that team beat the three Heisman finalists in successive games, the Big Ten championship game, the college football semifinal, and the college football championship game. They beat the three Heisman trophy finalists in succession, with their third string quarterback. That's amazing.
1: That That is amazing.
0: And the other is sort of, I guess it's sort of a playoff because it's an Olympic tournament. And that's basically what the Olympics are. And that is those pesky kids from the USA beating the Russians in ice hockey in 1980.
1: Ooh, that's a good one. I was literally thinking about that. Uh, and as Coach Beard told Nate, uh, both a real thing and a movie. Uh, <laughs> but I, was, I was thinking about The Miracle on Ice literally two days ago, so I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, would, I would second that. The one I will add, uh, a very personal one for me, and it, it kind of stinks because my team lost, but in 1979, eight-year-old Dave got to go to game seven of the World Series between his Orioles and the Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Pirates yeah. And I was on third base side. We could not have been more than maybe maybe 20 rows up, and I don't even think it was probably that high. I got to go to game seven of a World Series and watch my team play. And even though they lost, and I cried the whole way home because I was eight, you know, um, once again, Roy Kent, you know, say something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, even though I cried the whole way home, I, I, I will never, ever forget that. Um, it was absolutely amazing. So um, even though, like I say, it wasn't a win, it's still a favorite uh, playoff sports moment for me.
0: Yeah, that's that. That is I remember a very young version of myself. Even though my team wasn't in the World Series, I was riveted by that series. That was one of the great World Series of our yeah. time. Yep. That that pitching staff that the Orioles had, that oh. unbelievable lineup that the Pirates had. The, the We Are Family, Willie Stargell, Dave Parker, uh, Bill Madlock—just an insane amount of talent on yeah. both of those teams. I was I was mesmerized. I could not get enough of that. I was. I wanted that series to go on forever. I was like, I don't even care who wins this. I just really want to keep watching these teams go at it.
1: It really was amazing. And, and like I say, being able to, to, to be a game seven of that that series. Absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah. Great questions this week. Thank you to yeah. David Victor, Ryan Smith, Lee Gavlik. Uh, we haven't heard from our buddy Spot in a while, but I'm sure he's fine. He's checking in yeah. on Twitter every now and then. Uh, if you have anything to ask us, please do that. Uh, one of two ways. Let me just backtrack a minute and say, that's it, right? That's all the questions we have?
1: That's everything we got. Okay. Been... okay.
0: Yeah, I was like going to sign off the segment, and then you were going to go, oh, we do have one more question. <laughs> and then that was going to be a big, big problem. Well, this but...
1: is where the video thing comes in. I would have been going, "Yeah, be like, ah. yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, two ways you can ask us anything. So get your questions in for next week ahead of the Nashville game and the playoffs. Hit us up on in our email box, themainland at com, or hit us up on Twitter at TheMainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC. We will answer your questions on the air, on the broadcast, on the podcast, whatever you want to say that we're doing right now. That's how we'll answer you. And, talking. Uh, yeah, talking. We're, 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 we talk good here on The, the Mainland Podcast. Um, another thing you can do is leave us a five-star rating on iTunes and then write a review to go with that five-star rating. We'll read it on the air. We did not get one this week, Dave, but uh, that's okay. I'm still kind of basking in the glow of our our one
1: from last week. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, we'll consider it uh, the off week, but um, you know, we got the playoffs coming up. So certainly somebody wants to say something. Sure.
0: Got plenty to say, I imagine. All right, Dave, that's going to do it for episode 271 of the Mainland podcast. It hardly seems possible, but that's it. We're done.
1: Okay. Uh, You
0: you can find Dave on Twitter, at Mainland Dave. You can find me on Twitter, at Mainland Michael. And you can also find the Mainland's Twitter account, at The Mainland. You can like us on Facebook. You can leave us reviews on iTunes. You can read our stuff at the mainland.com there's all these ways to get in touch with us and uh, to interact and we appreciate you subscribe to the podcast if you're just a one-time downloader go ahead and subscribe and uh, we would really appreciate that as well but dave do you have anything else we need to discuss before we get out of here
1: nope because I, you know I, one I just want to keep this short if we've somehow managed to keep this short I don't want i don't want i don't want to ruin that
0: yeah Sounds good. Uh, for us, it's short.
1: Right. Yeah. Relatively speaking,
0: it is. It is for us. This is almost extremely short. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. We'll be back next week to preview the Nashville game, first road game in uh, first road playoff game in Orlando City MLS history. And until then, we'll do the thing at the end that we always do by saying, "Go City," but we're going to add, "Go USMNT."